Recognize that tune? It's the theme music for PBS's Masterpiece Theater. And if you remember the music, you probably know the name of the man who hosted the program for more than two decades. Good evening. I'm Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook, the Brit-turned-American who brought British dramas into American homes. Boring, right? I was around 10. I mean, upstairs, downstairs, really. But for decades, Cook also sent audio letters back to the BBC. Now more than 900 of Cook's surviving letters from America have been made available online. The world's Clark Boyd has been listening in during this U.S. election season. From the mid-1940s until just before his death in 2004, Alistair Cook sent an audio letter, really a 15-minute spoken essay, back to Britain almost every week. Good morning. Finally, on Tuesday the 3rd, something like 80 million Americans will go into voting booths For Cook, the presidency and the race for the White House were topics he was always eager to explain to his British audience. The presidency is a special show, a search for leadership, and every four years the people look for a new Moses, sometimes finding him in their party, sometimes in the other, sometimes off in the wilderness like Ross Perot or John the Baptist. Think about it. Cook witnessed U.S. elections stretching from the time of FDR to George W. Bush. Wars, scandals, economic ruin, more wars, more scandals, more ruin. He'd seen it all, literally. And through it all, he insisted that there was really no predicting the unpredictable when it came to elections. How did he know? Well, he just asked his friends one question. Putting aside your own prejudice and looking at it as objectively as you can, what is going to happen? All but one of a dozen friends picked as the winner the man he wants for the winner, which is a natural, sad commentary on the capacity of the human being for objectivity in anything. Cynical? Certainly. But Cook's cynicism was grounded in a real reverence for the humanity of each politician he wrote about. In a later letter, he remembered a moment when he went aboard the USS Kitty Hawk in 1963. A sailor on the ship, an old friend of Cook's, took him to a room to watch a missile exercise, a special room with one man sitting inside, a man with a chronic back problem. There was one silhouetted figure that was as still and sharp as a cutout, the back of a man's head resting against the high back of a most extraordinary chair to be in this tiny cockpit. It was a rocking chair, and the head was, of course, the head of President John Kennedy. I asked my old sailor friend, how about the rocking chair? Where did you get it? Oh, he said, it's his, nobody else's. They fly it everywhere. Seems he has to have it. He can't walk for too long without either taking a bath or going to work in the rocking chair. Cook humanized Democrats and Republicans alike through the years. In 1974, he was only the third non-American ever to be invited to speak before Congress. Standing here now, I feel as if I were just coming awake from a nightmare in which I see myself before you unprepared, and naked, as one often does in dreams, (laughs) and looking around this awesome assembly and blurting out, I accept your nomination for the presidency of the United States. That humor aside, Cook could be a bit, shall we say, impatient when recording his letters. Here he is speaking with a sound engineer in San Francisco. 
Have you got your uh, stopwatch? If you want me to use a stopwatch, I'll be happy to use of, a stopwatch. Of course. I have one for you if you don't have one. Yes, sir, I have a stopwatch. I say good morning, good evening, but start on the good evening. Listening to Cook's letters over the past few days has been comforting, I have to say. If you think this election is that much different from the previous ones, you're wrong. If you think people in the past weren't fed up with endless campaigning and negative comments, you're wrong. And no matter what you may think of the winner of this election, history may have another opinion entirely. Cook himself thought of Harry S. Truman as a midget in giant shoes at first. But in a letter written upon Truman's death in 1972, Cook said, When they've chipped away at him, I think there will be enough granite left in that plucky face. For The World, this is Clark Boyd.